One of the mass cannabis chefs, Joe Nelson, loves ramen noodles. You'll love them too if they're infused with CBD or THC, the two magical ingredients in the cannabis plant. Chefs want to infuse their food with one of those substances but can't publicly because the FDA has not approved it. They have approved In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains, and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. All right, this In the Weeds podcast with Jimmy Young is available on iTunes on the Cannabis Multimedia Network. It's also available on Audio Boom and, of course, the clnsmedia.com website. A video version is available on the Weed Tube, and, of course, that video version will also be on the Cannabis Multimedia Network. This edition is a little historic because we are streaming this live. And we are certainly very happy to have a very special guest in studio. His name is Joe Nelson of the Mass Cannabis Chefs. Joe, thanks for coming out here on a Friday. Uh, hey, Jimmy. How you doing? Very good. Very good. And, and actually, I try, we, I, try, we try to follow the law the best we can. You know, we, we follow the laws as they're written, but those laws change so often. It's really, we, we just try to stay as up to date as possible and... And have you had any issues at, at dinners? You said a Never. couple of people have kind of had. We've too had much. people get too high at dinner, but that's the only issue we've ever had. And then you're able, high. and you provide We're, first aid for them, yeah, if you will, yeah, CBD to bring them we down have and different get them forms under of CBD. I have um, uh, some sublingual CBDs that um, will be it in a liquid form or just in like a fully activated. Um, so it happens right away, aspect. right? But then also have CBD vape pens to um, right for a more immediate like first aid. St- Hit yep. this, you'll you'll calm down. Right, you know it's yeah, it's it's a thing. It's 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 totally a thing. It's something we work to avoid. Right, it's something we do our best to keep from happening. But and it's I, totally something that's known to happen. And you know? I also know um, that the THC the product is gifted to yeah, you. So from our sponsors, all, yeah, all, all from our sponsors. Yep, and. Um, I, I, the other thing I know also that you do preach responsible use of the product and mm-hmm. uh, request people to either get cabs or, you know, have a designated driver yeah, similar oh, to alcohol. It's an adult use product. Exactly. This is the way we. This is what I. This is what I preached to the to the CCC when I went and spoke in front of them down in uh, Barnstable County when they were doing an open hearing mm-hmm. this past year. It was uh, if we can allow if adults can be. Un, like expected to be able to go out to a restaurant and go out to a bar and drink 
and responsibly get home from there, and they're, right. they're able to make adult decisions and right. drive there or right. not drive there, get there safely and get home safely, and understand that there are repercussions if they do not choose to follow the, the law and not choose to do that in a safe way, why can't the same reasonable expectations be put out there for cannabis use? Absolutely. Why not? We've you, you. They said that there was going to be more high drivers. I'm sorry to tell you, the same people that were smoking while driving before are still doing it now, and the ones who weren't doing it before aren't doing it now. There's right. not going to be new high drivers because let me tell you, most people I know are terrified to drive while high. Right. Most of the people I know who didn't That's like right. smoke before and didn't smoke and drive like previous to this, who were like new to cannabis, right. they're terrified to drive while high of like the the mind state that they're in and like the way that they get. So I like I'm I'm not advocating for smoking while driving. Like don't take that as this is me advocating that. I don't need anybody coming knocking on my door for that one. I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying it's just a crazy concept. The yeah. idea that it's going to this like there's now going to be so much more of this going on. No, people are going to be responsible or they're not going to be. You know, you're going to have responsible people and you're going to have irresponsible people. And it's all about and education yeah. and learning your limits and understanding um, if I ingest this through an edible substance or a tincture substance, mm-hmm. um, my body's going to react this way. Mm-hmm. If I uh, vape it, it's going to react this way. Which is why we have that conversation at the beginning, so right. that people kind of understand the difference there. I actually, that's what really. I, that's I was what thinking it, about it and trying to think about how I would like talk to Uber about getting like a special code for like discounted rides for people or something because they do it for other things. So I'm sure that there's like a way. To get that, and then I could just have like an event code for these people where they just use, you know, if you want to come to dinner, you can use this event code. That'd be that's a good, good marketing reach, idea. I'm gonna have to reach out. That good might marketing be idea. That might be something. I'm gonna read to you um, something I spotted in one of my many newsletters that I get, and mm-hmm. it has to do with CBD. Yep. Because uh, you know, for those who are learning about the different products, uh, the, the CBD chemical is the non. Intoxicating the non-psychoactive chemical. Part. Well, no, it's uh, interesting because it is psychoactive. Right, I learned yeah. that from the hempologist. It is, it, it he he corrected me. It is psychoactive. Right, it's it has non- absolutely, but it has point. Non-intoxicating. Right, non-intoxicating, and you're seeing it um, more and more on every shelf, everywhere. CVS and Walgreens are now going to be carrying it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they surveyed um, National Restaurant Association surveyed seventy seven percent of chefs. Okay, and they said that CBD infused drinks was the top trend for 2019. What came in second? CBD infused food. (laughs) So it's here now. It's already happening in Boston. I'm an old chef of mine from years ago uh, with a lady I worked for in South Boston. She actually works at. So I forget the name of the place. A friend of mine works with her in Boston, and they serve like CBD tea and coffee and such. Already, it's already like a thing, and they're doing CBD inf- like offering CBD infusions to their right and foods in, and things. And in and, Maine and Ohio and New York, the local FDA inspectors have pulled a lot of that. Yeah. They, the FDA still can't get that public. They're trying to get a public hearing just to learn about CBD, and it. Look, let's not get into politics because it just drives me crazy. There's enough people out there that know about this subject and product. Talk to them. Seriously. Okay? And stop looking for the negatives. You know there's been 29,000 studies of cannabis over the years? It's the most researched chemical in, like, and, in, in like you know, American history. Because they're looking for reasons <laughs> to not allow it. That's yeah. it. And they can't find it. They keep looking and looking and looking, and then you get a – once in a while, you get a few things. 
Yeah, they get a couple of things, but then their research, the research that they're doing when they are, when it is those few things, there's like other extenuating circumstances that go along with it. Like a lot of these people are talking about that one with like a what is it like the the. This, I forget what I forget like the side effect, but it's like you know the people who are like getting and, sick from smoking too much or whatever. Right. Like there's that whatever there, disease. This people also heard a lot of talk about that being like a pesticide thing and like it, it being be. like you know not well, it's it, something that is it's like an effect of certain pesticides and certain like at, like things in the grow system and like during the grow and it's like. Look, I, I smoke a lot of weed, okay? I smoke a lot, Jimmy. <laughs> I am a shocked lot. to hear. I am shocked to hear that. Joe. A lot. Okay, I've I hear never you. been sick. From Ever. smoking weed. Right. I actually have, like, an um, insanely strong immune system. I don't get sick almost at all. Like, well, because ever. you have a strong endocannabinoid system Probably. that's activated yeah. your antibodies you wanna, that are fighting you know off what? all forms of disease. I just read, I, I just read a doctor study the other day, which I thought was, like, really cool to see because this is an idea that I've been talking about now for a while. Mm-hmm. I was on um, WBZ uh, not long ago, and I was talking late night with... Yeah. By the way, if you didn't smoke as much weed, you might remember who I that would host remember, is. I would remember who it was. I would. I would remember. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist, That's Joe. okay, Jim. It's okay. <laughs> regardless, regardless, I was there, and I had to have the same conversation with him about it the other night. A lot of people talk about how cannabis is healing people or healing diseases and yep. curing stuff, There right? are anecdotal stories that are very, very powerful. Yes. And... Mm, this is my. This was a, first my speculation on this, and this is something that a doctor was talking about. The accredited researcher, I forget, the, uh, from a study I saw the other day, was saying the same thing. We have an endocannabinoid system, right? But a hundred years ago, hemp and cannabis were pretty much eradicated from the world, mm-hmm. like legality-wise, were eradicated around the world. I know almost. where you're going. Yeah, eradicated. Yeah, right? right. Ten years ago. 15 years ago in America, we started allowing it back in in different places around yep. the country. Yeah. Uh, the people are getting their cannabinoids are getting back into crops again. It's getting back in there where the animals are eating it again. It's getting added back into the food cycle, the food chain. In the and world. the conclusion was? The conclusion was, well, this is the conclusion that I, that I draw was if we're all bring, adding this back into our system now, something that's been missing for so long, it's not necessarily that we're curing anything. We're allowing our body to then fight things off and do what it's supposed to do in the first place. It do what it's programmed and built to do, but we haven't been able to allow it to do because our endocannabinoid system has been neglected dormant. and dormant, dormant for 100 years, fifty, probably 60 years or so that it's been like, you know, just off in, this, in, the, in the human body because over, you know, by biology, it's, we, we grew in the world with cannabis as part of our, you know, food chain. The right. animals ate it. We ate the animals. We got CBDs and all the different latent chemicals right. from that right. through the food chain. Yep. This doctor essentially con- like, you know, concluded the same thing. You yep. know, essentially just had the same idea as that uh, it's re-adding it and it's what's causing these miraculous cures. And it's more less that it's a miraculous cure and more so that it's just resetting your bodies and letting it kind of do what it's supposed to do. It's, it's a natural weed that's being put into your body that is waiting for it to be there because it reacts with the chemical compounds that are in it. Yeah. That's, I mean, and, you know, Israel's doing a whole bunch of research the, on that. 
Israel's been doing research on that longer than they've been talking about to us about that. That's right. That's true. On that. Absolutely. Real, yeah. That's right. Um, let's talk about, I want you to give a couple plugs for your events. Um, I, I see Blind Faith tickets available. And, of course, when I see Blind Faith, I'm a child of the 60s. You know, I think of Stevie Winwood, Eric Clapton, <laughs> uh, Ginger Baker on drums. Uh, that no, group no, was, no, you no. know. But okay, it's not. So, T- tell me a little so bit about I, this. When I talk about Blind Faith, when and we're talking about. And this is May 11th and May 18th. Yes, those will be our events in, uh, in May. So Blind Faith for us. We come, we are we are the children of the music festivals, okay? Yeah. Music festivals, what they do, a lot of recurring festivals, they offer what they'll call blind faith tickets, where you don't really know anything about the event, you don't know who's going to be there, you don't know what's going to be going on, you just know you want to go. Right. And uh, they offer discounted tickets at that point. Gotcha. So we do the same thing. We know what dates we're going to have an event. We're usually in the South Shore, not always, but usually in the South Shore, so you can have a general idea where we'll probably be. Um, at least mm-hmm. somewhat location wise, right. but we're we're always going to be in Massachusetts, so it's never going to be too crazy. Right. But um, essentially, you know, you you buy your blind faith, you get blind faith tickets early, before the menus and, are announced, and then before we've figured out what the menu is going to cost, what the event's going to cost. Right. That's how you work out your per plate. Per plate feet. cost is all based on the food that we're serving. Yep. And what's the and, range? Uh, Give me the range again. You usually might... around one twenty five to one fifty between okay. there it's per person. Per person. Yep. Okay. It's usually what it is. Our blind faith tickets are a hundred dollars, and so. you can and you and a hundred dollars for the blind faith, and you can bring your own um, adult beverages if too. You'd like, if, if you'd, you'd like, like. To, yeah. yeah, we have plenty of non-adult beverages: yep. juice, soda, water, whatever. Lots of water. Yeah, tea, lemonade. We have all we have all that stuff. Like you know, we maybe we usually make like fresh iced tea and like mm-hmm. fresh lemonade. Nice. Um, do you ever do, put the cucumbers in the water? Uh, we've done cucumber water. That's nice. Uh, we did. We, what we did one time was um, we uh, we had a vegan night and we did cucumber water in this like water receptacle we had, but we used uh, CO two in there, uh-huh. uh huh, like dry ice. Yeah. So it was like smoking. Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> it, it was it was real. It was really cool. Um, that was back when we would. Yeah, it was back in the day. It was just it was just neat. It was a cool visual. So what would you like to see uh, mass cannabis chefs become in the next year as word gets out that you're running private parties, gourmet meals, um, you know, it's an event, it's a party, it, it's perfectly legal, it's controlled. Mm-hmm. More people to find out about you to get very busy. I'm going mm-hmm. out on a limb here, right? Uh, yeah, the more people that find out, I assume the more busier we will end up being, yes. Uh, our target demographic we're starting to hit more mm-hmm. and uh baby boomers uh yeah a My, bit you know, the, 50 yeah, plus 55 yeah. plus yeah you no, would you, you would me. the people that i are, qualify i know yeah, I, it's yeah. okay you can say it yeah it's you're all right. right you're there Jim. yeah <laughs> uh yeah they, the the, the tar- we right now what we've been getting we get um we've, we've drawn off of our cannabis community and that's like where a lot of our guests end up being from and like i nothing against any of the people that come to see us i love everyone that's come and been and joined with us it's it's just where we put on for that crazy foodie crowd, mm-hmm. and uh, we've gotten more of the crazy cannabis crowd and not as much of the crazy foodie crowd, and that's where I think some of our menus miss the mark yeah. because I put out menus that are more adventuresome than some of our guests are sometimes willing to, to go for. Chocolate cake, burgers, and fries is fine if you're high. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just it. A lot of, I mean, oh. I, and I understand that a lot of people have, um, don't have that, as wide of a range of a palate as I do yep. and aren't as adventurous as necessarily some of us are. And that's fine. That's why we offer different styles of mm-hmm. meals. Mm-hmm. I would just love to ha- be able to hit the, 
when I do put out a crazy menu, like we have ideas for things that we've wanted to do, and I'm just like, you know, that people just aren't going to buy that. Right. Like, nobody's coming to eat that. It's just not going to happen. Like, I just don't see it. I We've tried things like that in the past and not had Great. good results. Interesting. Well, that's for trial and error. So, you know, uh, what's, your favorite, what's your favorite dish to prepare? And don't say everything. I don't have a favorite dish to prepare. Jim. Okay, so I hate that question. Okay. That's my least favorite question right, so, to be asked so in any on. interview. All right, all right, all right. Thank you. I appreciate your honesty <laughs> and you transparency. Is, I'll tell you that is what absolutely. <laughs> Pat, Pat would give you an answer. I would. What would I, Pat okay, say? Pat, okay, I, you know what I'll say. I'll give my my favorite thing for us to prepare is yes. when we make ramen. I love ramen. I'm fully obsessed with ramen. Wait, the ramen noodles? Like Japanese ramen? Okay. Oh, okay. That, okay, those packages not are the, not, not real not ramen. Not real ramen, right? I'm ramen getting, is like... My Cambridge executive producer. Ramen is, in, ramen right is incredible. Uh, okay. Traditional Japanese ramen is one of my favorite things to eat, period. Really? Uh, I'm a soup guy for sure, and uh, traditional Japanese ramen is one of my favorite things in the world to eat. So uh, I I eat, I eat it sometimes four times a week and four or five times a week in this dinner and that's uh is, is there an Asian influence in a lot of your stuff is not it in a, Middle not Eastern in a lot. Nope. is it uh, we so one of the things that we do is we do cultural nights yeah uh, all last year we spent one at one one event every month was a cultural night mm-hmm. where we choose styles of food we've never made before mm-hmm. that we don't know mm-hmm. and I'll do buttload of research yeah. and uh, reach out to people from that culture if I know people or have connections to people of that culture and ask questions and like learn about the food and come up with excuse oh. me a menu that was um, <laughs> I love a, live TV that com- comes up with a menu <laughs> that would be based that you would find if you went to that culture and went to that country and ate some food there I we don't try we tried very hard not to do Americanized versions of things uh, we try to do things as traditional as possible. Or I'm a stickler for tradition. My partner is the more creative one in that aspect, where he'll take things and twist them around. We had a, we had a standing agreement that if we're going to do something, we had to do it at least once the traditional way, and then we can tweak it and toy with it and do whatever. As long as we can do it to the traditional way and know that we can do it right the traditional yep. way, yep. I'm okay with toying with it and doing it another way. But if I can't do something the right way, the the way that the dish was designed. You know, a lot of these decisions go back 200 years, 300 years. They were done that way for a reason. You take you you're you are passionate very about your trade, about my, aren't very, you? Very very serious about my food. Yeah, that's a. It's a quality. It's a great it, quality to have. It's why I think people appreciate what we do and come back to eat with us. Uh, I take it so serious, and I'm able to usually go out there and like when we serve dinners. And serve dishes. I we I have a conversation with all the guests as the food is served, right. and I explain what the dish is, what is on their dish. I usually try to have little anecdotal side pieces and little tangents about parts of the dish or history of a dish if it is like an old an older style food or like you were speaking about the pastry dinner. Like I went through and spoke about the different types of pastries that were used, the pastry dough that was used in each dish, and like the history of the dishes, and it's just. It adds to the experience. If, right. You know, at what restaurant do you go to where you've where you've ever had someone actually explain to you what you were eating? Right. Oh no, where, absolutely. Where do you go when you actually get explained right. what your dish is and it, what's in it? You can grill the you can grill the waiter, the server, or mm-hmm. the waitress. Certainly. You can try, but yeah. you know what? They're not going to have as good of an idea as I would, as the chef. Well, right. Me and my partner would. You know, like I'm generally the one that's out there talking to people. Or no, I'll rephrase that. I'm always the one that's out there talking to people. Because Pat's back there making sure the next course is getting ready. Yep. As we're serving, as food is being served, 
Yeah. To you to eat, like we're back in the someone's in the back getting whatever ready for next course to be ready to go, so that while you know your plates are being cleared and getting ready, we're getting the next course plated up so it's ready to roll. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mostly well-oiled machine. Yeah, Most, it mostly. sounds. I know you're lubed and uh, ready to go on this because you you obviously love what you do mm-hmm. and. Anybody who is passionate about something gets an adrenaline rush uh, when they perform, and mm-hmm. you perform in the kitchen, do you oh, not? Yeah. I mean, that is your that's your symphony. That's, that's your that's spot. your musical musical instruments oh, yeah, that's in your our office place for sure. Yeah. Um, and if you have a private home, you're, you'll come into a private home and, and mm-hmm. run a dinner party for them, correct? That's, yeah, that's what's what, that's actually where we where we work out of is private homes all the time. That's the only way we can do what we do at this point. Uh, social consumption, the way the laws go at this point, is only allowed in private. Right. Private means private residences or like halls or things of that nature. Problem with halls is generally they don't let you smoke inside. Right. Like even like even like, you know, VFWs, things like that. A lot of them they just they don't let you smoke in the halls. Joe, I'm uh, going on a limb thinking you've smoked a little outside before. I've smoked a lot outside before. <laughs> which is why we do our events the way we do them. Right. We do at private homes and we don't do it at private homes that have these like humongous halls in their home. I set up an event tents out in people's backyards. Oh, cool. So, like, think, like, wedding event, like, outdoor weddings that you've been to, and they have, like, you know, the big 20 by 20s or right. whatever size tents. Yep. We have a bunch of different size tents, and we set up in people's yards. And everything's outside. All our tables are done up outside. If it's cold out, we have heaters. Yep. Um, have you ever done a clam bake? Uh, we have not done a clam bake yet. We uh, So the reason I have not done a clam bake yet uh, was the same reason we didn't do a pig, ro- pig roast in the first year. I didn't. Want, I wanted to do a pig roast the first year, but we didn't want to do it without doing it on a spit. Uh-huh. I wanted to do a spit roast. I don't want to do a grill pig roast. That's weak, yeah. in my opinion. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Do it so in. this past year, I had someone build me a, a pig spit that holds like 200-plus pound pig. We did almost 180-pound pig this past year. Wow. It was absurd, and it was way too big, and I'll never do a pig that big again. <laughs> Probably do two smaller pigs this year. But, um, Piglets? No, no, they'll be pigs. Okay. They just won't, they'll just be killed Sorry. earlier. They'll just be killed earlier in the season. Gotcha. Earlier. Okay. They won't be full grown. I get you. Um, but uh, the reason we never did a clam bake is because the only way I want to do a clam bake is if I'm going to bury a build, dig a hole in like the sand and cook it on the beach, and like Ooh. that's the only way I want to do it. So in the rough, like in in the beach, like in the dirt, like yeah. I'm cooking clams in like coal with coals in like a big pit that I'm going to dig in the ground. Yeah. It's the only way I want to do a clam bake. Otherwise, it's not worth it to do so. Interesting. Um, that's so a, that's fascinating. When yeah, I find the I like right when I find the right location, somebody that has a spot on the water that wants to do something cool and have a clam bake. It's more of an all day event than a uh, oh, yeah. than a dinner. Right. You know, it's more of a like we come there early in the day and we'll be set up and we'll be you know probably be there early the next a day before and you know Same. digging and setting up and everything right. and. Yeah, Very cool. Like our pig roast was. I'm actually finding my location for the pig roast this year because uh, I want to do a pig roast again this year. And all right. I want it's going to be fun. All right. I, I'm going actually to talk to the people about it this weekend. So Fantastic. Tomorrow night. Well, uh, Joe Nelson, Mass Cannabis Chefs, um, you, I'm so glad you came in. I, I'm dying to be at one of your dinners, I swear, and I appreciate you um, offering in the past, and mm-hmm. I, I definitely will take you up on it I at some do. point. I hope you do, um, I may want to be involved with that lobster in the rough thing, though, because yeah. that's, that's my favorite food. Yeah. After I grew up in New England well, and had my first lobster at age four. Well, we're, we're going to be doing another seafood event soon. Even if it's not a clam bake, we'll be doing seafood again really soon. The summer is coming, and... Uh, 
I, 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 the pictures from my seafood nights have all been all been incredible. So I want to do more of it. So fantastic! Hey, look, you know what? We only have a short summer and uh, barely a spring these days. So <laughs> you know, know, it's time to get outside and have some outdoor cooking and. What better way to do it than with some controlled infusion? For sure, definitely. So give me the plug again on the website and how it's, they can uh, get to you. www.masscannabischefs.com. You can go on there, sign up for our newsletter, find out about upcoming events, the ones we have coming up this next weekend on the 420. We have an event Friday night and Saturday night for anyone who's looking to join. That's two, down in Carver. Down in Carver. Yep. Two wonderful menus, a uh, different style kind of each night, but... Uh, and yeah, then you you wonderful. let them know the where exactly they're going within 24 hours of the event. Is yeah, that the gen- idea? Generally, the night before the event, like yep. late the night before the event, you'll get an email with the exact address. Because we do it at private residences, I don't right. have respect for the host's privacy and right. like where they live. We don't need random people knowing Wandering where in. they live or what yeah. it is. We it's had not a, a restaurant, you know. Yeah. We had a crasher in my 50th birthday party. I yeah. just want to say he got a free lobster out of the deal. I was yeah. like, who's he with? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's all good. We all had fun. Oh, it's yeah. still a great thing. Joe Nelson, Mass Cannabis Chefs, thank you so much again for coming in. Appreciate it. Joy Skerber is the executive producer. Steve Helmuth pushes the buttons. And we had assistance from Jacob Spielberg down in uh, in Long Island world to help uh, with the, the live stream. And Joe, there's only going to be the first live stream on the Cannabis Multimedia Network. So you are part of history, hey, yeah, and yeah. I do really appreciate, again, you coming in today. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. For everybody here at the Cannabis Multimedia Network, I'm your host of In the Weeds, Jimmy Young. And remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly and enjoy it. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first.